Warning, spoilers, spoilers ahead. ahead. If you don't like that, then get the fuck out. Recuérdame. Hoy me tengo que ir, mi amor, recuérdame. No llores, por favor. Te llevo en mi corazón y cerca me tendrás. A solas yo te cantaré soñando en regresar. Recuérdame, aunque tengo que emigrar, recuérdame. Si mi guitarra oyes llorar, ella con su triste canto te acompañará. Hasta que en mis brazos tú estés, recuérdame. Welcome to another episode of Jam, just another movie podcast. This is Dervin speaking. And this is Wendy. And we're Jam, just another movie podcast. We're back after three weeks of being gone, being dark. Um, just been... We've had a lot going on. Yeah. But we haven't stopped watching movies. We have been thinking about you guys... The S in guys is in parentheses, because I'm sure it's just one guy. <laughs> um, and we want to, uh, we've still been watching movies, we're going to be reviewing them, we're going to be talking about um, some recent news, it's pretty interesting, that has been coming out in the last few weeks, um, and we're going to be going over the, uh, the Golden Globes. Nominations just came out this morning, so we're going to um, be talking about that real quick. Um, movies we're talking about today, Disaster Artist, we actually recorded a review for it uh, in our car, uh, as soon as we got out of the, the movie, so we'll plop it in later in the episode, uh, big movies that we saw, first one up, um, that we're gonna talk about, which actually, oh, do you wanna talk about American Assassin? We saw American Assassin, finally. You, you saw it more than I did. Yeah, I kinda saw it. And you fell asleep watching it? I didn't fall asleep. I was just on my iPad playing. So it's in the background for me. Yeah, it's that kind of movie. It's, it's the kind of movie that movie. It, it, it's in the background and it's fine. The movie's just as fine. As long as you're not fully paying attention to it, like, it's it seems better than it is. Yeah. But if you're really paying attention to it, it's not... Oh, yeah, so no, really, the movie does not deserve your full attention. No. So I was playing my games on my iPad. Um, the, I mean, the trailer basically gives it away. Yeah, it's, like, I think it's, like, it, if you watch the trailer, you've watched the movie. Basically, you have Michael Keaton training Dylan Baker, O'Brien. Whatever his name is. Dylan. For uh, to become an American assassin. Um... And his, like, Michael Keaton's ex-apprentice, Ghost. Um, What's his code name, though, right? Ghost. It's him. It's from the trailer. It's him. It's Ghost. 
whatever. Um, he he's gone rogue, and so Dylan whatever goes to go kill him. And end of movie. Another movie I saw, which Wendy did not see actually. Uh, Roman J Israel Esquire. How was that? Um, it was good. I don't think we talked about it. We didn't because we were going to talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Um, it was good. It's it has um it has some really good scenes in it. Uh, Denzel Washington's really good in it. Um, but the movie's just kind of whatever. Um, spoiler alert: Denzel gets killed at the end. Because he okay, so he's a lawyer. He's not like the he's not Does the he go get to killed court like by like a mob sort of thing. I'll, I'll tell you, he's he's a lawyer, but he's not like the go to court type of guy. He's the he knows the entire law book by memory type of guy, and so he just works in the office, and his partner's the one who does everything. Um, but then his partner has a heart attack, and so he has he's because he's a partner, he's forced to go. And He's not a trial attorney, is what no, Durbin is trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Law person. Um, so he he goes to... Um, he has to go, like, represent people. Like, and he, he doesn't know anything about. Um, and the assistant, who's like the lady, the lady who runs the office, she's like, look, just go to court and get a, a stay or an extension. Until, you know, Henry, I think, is the partner's name. Until he, you know, gets out of the hospital. And, of course, he doesn't do that. He's like, no, I'm going to try to fix the case right here. And it just gets, you know, a lot of clients in bigger trouble. And one client in particular, um, well, the, the their firm is, like, strapped for cash. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell is, like... Uh, he was a student of Denzel Washington's partner. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, he's the best lawyer. He taught me everything I know. But Colin Farrell's like this hotshot lawyer at a big-ass firm. Not hotshot lawyer. He owns the firm. Okay. It's his firm. And um, he's part of a successful firm. He, he is the head of a successful firm. Okay. And he's like, look, uh, Roman, you're really good. But, um, I don't know, the guy dies, the the partner dies, mm-hmm. and so Colin Farrell hires Roman to do, like, to head his pro bono work. Um, so, a, uh, a kid who was involved in, like, a store robbery is arrested, uh, Denzel goes to represent him. And the kid's like, look, if we can work out a deal, I know where the other guy is. Because the other guy shot a guy. And I was—I didn't know we were going to shoot anybody. I was just there to steal stuff. Um, so he's like, okay, if, if I tell you where he is, can we get me a deal? And he's like, look, I'm not going to tell anybody. It's confidential. It's privileged information. I'll try to work out a deal with the DA. But, of course, he's like a rough person to deal with. So he calls the DA. The DA offers... A not so great deal, and he's, but you know it's better Insulting than insulting the person. Well, because he was gonna, the kid was gonna get like twenty five to life, and uh, he's like, oh look, if you give me the information on where the the guy is, then he'll get ten years. And then Denzel's like, ten years? No, he gets three or some shit like that. 
It's like, no, 10 years is a great deal. And so the DA is like, you know what? Forget it. Off is, uh, the offer's off the table. Um, forget it. He'll have to go to trial. And so Denzel's like, what the fuck? Okay, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to take in- this matter into my own hands. And he gives uh, the information to... Um, I forget who is it. Who does he gives it to? He gives it to somebody. He gives it to somebody. Denzel gives the information of the whereabouts of the other guy. Uh huh. Oh no. He okay. It's it's the son of the guy who was mur- the the father of the guy who was murdered. Mm-hmm. In the, the, I'm giving too long an explanation. Yeah, this. seriously, I'm falling asleep. Um. Anyway, the guy who murdered somebody gets arrested, and everybody in the prison knows that. The kid didn't tell anybody except for his lawyer where the guy was. So the guy who was arrested, his gang is like, well, that motherfucker ratted me out. So for the rest of the movie, they're just going after him. Basically going after him. Meanwhile, Roman is trying to like date a lady and be a normal person and try to like not be an asshole because he has money now. Mm hmm. But then at the end, he just gets shot and he, he dies. Okay. Yeah. Um, end of movie. Oh, well, end of movie also. He's been working on oh, like... Oh, Jesus. He's been working on like a... Uh, what's it called? Like a... Not a law. Like a bill, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, that he wants to get passed. And he's like, oh, I've been working on it forever. But, you know, I'm never going to get it passed. It's like so that people don't have to... It's basically so that there's no more... Um, deals made and people have to go to trial and um, after he dies Colin Farrell takes it to court and that's the end of the movie okay boom done the movie was fine <laughs> uh, we saw three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri we didn't go to Ebbing Missouri but we saw the movie titled three billboards outside <laughs> Ebbing Missouri that was actually really good. It was a great movie. I was, I was, not that I was surprised because I thought it was going to be a good movie, but, <sighs> I'm sorry, like the content of the movie was um, very powerful, I guess you could say. Um, like just, um, this movie is about a girl that gets raped and murdered and burned. She gets raped while dying. Uh, she gets raped, and then she gets um, torched um, after she dies, and nobody seems to be doing anything in this small town, including the police. Well, it's been and, seven months. Well, it's been seven months, and they haven't found anything. So, the mother of this girl like takes it upon herself and uses three billboards that say, "What was it that the billboard?" It say? says, "Raped while dying." Uh, and still no arrests? How come, Chief Willoughby? Okay, so that's what the billboards say. And they're big, bold, red with bold black letters. And it's just three huge billboards on a road that not a lot of people drive unless you live in this, like, cul-de-sac-ish area where she lives that overlooks, like, her house overlooks the three billboards. Which is so crazy to me, too. That every single day, she has to stare at the place where her daughter died. Mm -hmm. So that's even worse. Like, I thought about that throughout the whole movie. Like, she can literally see every morning 
where her daughter died. Yeah. So it's crazy. And then there's a lot of things that happen in the movie, especially like she, like she feels a lot of regret for what happened because of, and not, not regret per se, but uh, more like, um, she feels responsible for what happened because that same day, you know, she said things that she shouldn't have said. Yeah, and- like uh, her and her daughter got into an argument um, where she's like, oh, well, uh, can I take the car to go do something? It's like, no, you can't take the car. You can walk. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to walk. It's like, oh, you're going to fucking walk. I'm not going to give you money for a cab or anything. It's like, oh, well, then I'm going to go get raped. It's like, fine, then you should go get raped. Raped and killed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, you know, she... She says things that she doesn't mean and, you know, it ends up actually happening and it it kind of tears her apart. So seeing that nothing is being done for her drives her a little crazy. Um, but in like a weird, like empowering sort of way, because like it wasn't just, oh, this mom is annoying and she's just trying to piss people off like she was doing it from such a place like it was anger but it was anger it was it wasn't necessarily anger towards other people i think it was more anger towards herself and what happened um but yeah i i really enjoyed this movie and the cast was fantastic and um the little things that had bit like not little things there's a not really there's not a lot of things in this movie that are little things i think everything in this movie is quite significant um but uh Woody Harrelson is that Woody Harrelson. Yes. Woody Harrelson was fantastic and you know everybody in the cast was amazing. It's just I just love that he wrote letters and like spoke to these people directly in such a way that made me really laugh but was sad at the same time. Like I don't know, I just I really enjoyed this movie. Like the cast was great. Um the chick from Sucker Punch, I couldn't figure out if she was doing an accent or not doing what an accent. Sucker Punch? The wife. Woody Harrelson's wife is the chick oh, from Sucker right. Punch. Oh, that's right. What's her face? Something. I can't remember her name. But, like, I can't tell if she was doing an Australian accent. No, she is Australian. She's Australian. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. but then there was points where I thought she was doing, like, a like a Western accent. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was married to Like, Woody not, not a Western. I'm sorry. A Southern accent. Abby Cornish is her name. So I was like, I, I don't understand. But, um, yeah, she was good. And, like, secondary characters like her were good. Like, the mom of this other guy. Um, All right, so let's go through the characters. You had, um, well, it's not even having everybody here, but Peter Dinklage was in it. For, like, a second. For a little bit, but he's great. John Hawks was amazing. Uh, John Hawks played uh, her ex-husband. He was amazing. Um, I don't know about amazing, but he was good. Uh, Lucas Hedges, who's from uh, Manchester by the Sea, plays her son. Uh, Abby Cornish, you mentioned. Uh, Yeah, but like all the secondary characters. Caleb Landry-Jones, Banshee from X-Men. Yeah, I feel like all of them were just as good as the main characters. Well... The two main characters, well, mainly the main character is Frances McDormand, who plays um, Mildred. And she was great. so fucking good. Like, like Frances McDormand is probably, the next to Meryl Streep, the greatest living actress. 
she's she's very diverse. I could yeah. say that. Like she has a very diverse. Like she has a very large range of of acting ability, and in this movie, like it's just really frustrating because you're ang you want to be angry at her because you feel like she's taking it out of like. What's the what like? She's taking it too far. Yeah, like, because it turns out the chief, like she's blaming the chief or, or singling out the chief for not doing anything, and mm-hmm. it's widely known that the chief has cancer, mm-hmm. like very bad cancer, and she still does it, and like it kind of makes her a bad guy in the eyes of the town. But you understand, like her frustration. Yeah, and like at the same time, like you can also, like. You can also relate to her. Like, she's not necessarily, and I think she says it, like, she's not necessarily singling out the chief. It's like, you know, he's the head of everyone. So it's like she's she's kind of just saying the police department in general, but, you know, she's like, well, he's the one that runs them, isn't he? So, you know, I might as well get to the source. Or mm-hmm. I think I, she says something to, along those lines. So it's like it's not like she was necessarily singling him out, even though his name was on the billboard. But it, it was, um, it, if in the eyes of the town, that's what they were doing. So, but she's she's really really good in this movie. Like even in her emotional parts, where you know she's just being a mourning mother, and then in parts where she's just really fucking angry at the world. Like the my favorite scene in this movie is when she's talking to the priest. The priest comes to her house, mm-hmm. and he tells her a bunch of stuff, and then she does this whole. Um, it's like oh, so she 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 does this like oh look back in uh, in California they had this thing where if you. If you joined uh, one of the gangs, the, one of the Crips of the Bloods, mm-hmm. um, if your gang member committed a crime just because you were in that gang, it's as if you were to have committed the crime as well. Mm-hmm. See, You were culpable. Yeah. <laughs> she says so, that word and it just makes me laugh. So that's how I kind of see the Catholic Church. You see, now, uh, it's something along the lines of like, you may not have... Uh, touch little boys but other people other people have have. so you know you're culpable so until you know you can get your shit together you know i'll get my shit together basically is what he she was telling him and i I really enjoyed that scene i I thought it was fantastic um but this movie i give it uh a thumbs up oh i'm not talking about it and one more thing to say oh sam rockwell sam rockwell the fact that guy yeah I I don't know for like him and this other Edward Norton for some reason like them two confuse me like they they don't look alike but they kind of have the same sort of acting in a sense but yes yeah, Sam Rockwell he did a fucking great job okay, like, Francis McDormand is probably one of my favorite performances of the you know it is one of my favorite performances of the year but Sam Rockwell was so good well, we in this movie. S- we haven't seen the post, so... Yeah, we, until, we haven't seen everything this Until I yet. see Meryl Streep and what she did in that movie, I cannot I cannot say who my favorite well, performance was we haven't this seen year. Yet. We haven't seen a lot of stuff yet, but but so far, as far as lead actress performances, she is my favorite, and as far as what I've seen for supporting actors, Sam Rockwell is my favorite. He, like, it's just, he does such a crazy arc. In this movie, like yeah. he is just this, and he doesn't really change. Like he does change. Asshole. He's a racist. He's a racist, like 
sexist fucking It's, it's widely dick face. known that he tortured uh, a black person, at least one. And he continues to be an asshole to everyone. Like, he and threw he somebody out of a fucking window. Like, he, the the funny thing is, it's a small town. So, you know, the police station's right in front of this, like, marketing, the marketing place that did the billboards. Mm-hmm. So, he goes across the street and slams through the fucking door, throws the guy that, like, sold the billboards to her out the window... And then continues to beat on the guy after he's throwing him out a second floor fucking window. And and then just walks back into the precinct. Like, it's so crazy. Like, that's what you get from this guy. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, I like you. You're kind of, you're on his side. Yeah. And you've seen him be a racist asshole dick. And you're like, no, no, you're cool. And I think part, like, part of that has to do with Sam Rockwell is very likable. Yes. But I think in any, I think even in his roles that he's a dick face, like he, I don't know what it is. He just has this way of making you fall in love with his characters. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, is um, that, who's uh, that character? In part the- of it has to do with, it's just Sam Rockwell, but also his performance was so good that you kind of, you know, the movie you fall back the in kid, love with The him. movie with the kid at the pool. Is the way, way called? back. Oh my god! In that movie, he was—it was the same thing. He was kind of an asshole, but um, at the same time, you know, he has some compassion because of this kid's situation. And I just—I fell in love with this character too. So it's—it's it's like I just like him as an actor. Uh, two more uh, movies, real quick. That I'm just going to run through. Um, I saw a Good Time. Good uh, Time, starring Robert Pattinson. I have no idea what that is. Robert Pattinson's so good in that movie. So he plays like a criminal, mm-hmm. and he has a brother who's mentally challenged. Um, but he like kind of just manipulates his brother, and they rob a bank together. And then they're on the run. The brother gets caught, and like Robert Pattinson just has to go. He like he tries to get his brother out of jail, and then it turns out his brother's in the hospital because he was beat up. So he tries to break him out of the hospital. And then it turns out he broke out the wrong guy. Because his brother's like face was bandaged, he thought it was his brother, but it was some other guy. He broke him out. Then it turned out to be some other guy. That guy turned out to have like a sprite bottle full of acid. So they grabbed the sprite bottle full of acid and tried to sell it to make money to get his brother out of jail. It is an adventure. Like, and Robert Pattinson is like a depraved genius. Like he's very smart in. The well, way, I know the that he, he has capabilities. He was in Harry Potter, you know, and... Yeah, I, but this is probably his best performance. And there was another movie that he was in that I enjoyed his performance. I, I can't remember, but um, I know Robert Pattinson has capabilities, just like Kristen Stewart. I know that she's also... She was in a movie recently that was really, really good, and people were talking about Personal her, Shopper her, or... Was or, it that one, I Personal Shopper? Personal Shopper or Casa Sil Maria... One of those, but yeah. I think it was Personal Shopper, and like everybody was talking about her performance in that too. So, you know, it's a lot of, you know, some of these people just unfortunately they're in, in movies. Yeah, well, Robert that, Pattinson is a good actor. I mean, he's good in Cosmopolis. Yeah, and a few. That's other what I'm saying. But- and even in the movie that we saw with uh, uh, um, what was this fucking movie called? Um, I don't know. The one with the jungle and. 
What's his face? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Lost City of Z. Yeah, he was really good in that, too. So, like, I... I forgot he was in that. It's just, unfortunately, actors sometimes are um, character cast. What is it? Typecast? Type because cast. of movies that they have previously been in, like... The Harry Potter cast has has been it's been hard for them to take come out of you know the Harry Potter stuff. So has you know everybody on Twilight or or Hunger Games and and all these other different sort of things. So you know they kind of try to come out of it as much as they can. But Robert Pattinson, I never kind of even when he was doing Twilight, I never really saw him as like a teen star, quote unquote. But I think he he was always like a good actor outside of it. You know, so but whatever I I I I would think that he there would be a good movie. So yeah, well, good time was the movie was was good, but what made it even better was his performance. He was really really good in it. Like I'm not even saying like oh he's good for being Robert Pattinson. He was really good. Like it's just a straight up good performance. It's transformative. It's so freaking crazy good. Um, I saw Killing Gunther. Never heard of it. Yes, you have. We talked about the trailer. Killing uh, Gunther. Yeah, it's but it's like a fake documentary about hitmen, and they're trying to kill Gunther. Gunther's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. We saw the trailer. Terry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah. I, I watched right that. Now. That movie was not good. Obviously. Not obvious. I like the talent. Everybody in the movie. I like everybody that was in the movie. Unfortunately, it was not funny. Yeah, that's good. the thing. Like a lot of the time, like when you have such a huge group of comedians doing something together. Like, I feel like it's too much. Like, you can't overdo it either. And I think sometimes that's what happens when you do, when you have all these, like, crazy funny people. And then you have that one weird famous person that they're always all making fun of, which would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. But funny thing is, he's not in the movie until, like, the last 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, that's always a problem. Like, with, with comedic movies, like, you have to have, like, the perfect, like, it's like baking, you have to have the perfect, the exact amount of certain elements to create a really good comedic movie. Yeah, there's only one character I liked in, um, not even character, it's just like a funny thing that I liked in the movie. Uh, it was Aaron Yu who plays, um, who plays Yong. He's like the Asian guy in 21. Mm-hmm. That guy. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, he plays like this assassin who uses poison, but the, like he just has poison in a little glass bottle. And the way he attacks is he just runs at you with this little glass bottle. It's it was it's funny in context because they're they're having like a like Arnold Schwarzenegger shooting at him from like the top of a an adjacent building. He's shooting at them, and the dude just like runs outside and throws a little glass bottle and runs back inside. Like that's gonna hit Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's funny, but that's it. The movie really overall was kind of crappy. Um. Okay, and we're going to talk about um, what we were going to talk about before. Um, Coco. Coco. Okay. So, let me tell you. This whole, like all the previews and everything for this movie, I was I was very, very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Because, one, I felt like it was just going to be a new... Um, Book of Life and I really actually enjoyed Book of Life when it came out so I was like well they kind of, they did a really good job in portraying you know whatever they did in Book of Life so I feel like they're just going to kind of imitate this no Pixar I always forget that Pixar never disappoints it's very rare that's not true. 
Well, for me, because um, the good dinosaur does not count for me. And then cars, I understand the reason why cars happened. So, cars one, I understand. Cars two, I do not. Because you want to, you it's it's it I it's their money maker. So you go you so that they can afford to make cocoa, they make cars. So that all the merchandise and all that makes them nice chunk of chain so that they can go and make this beautiful movie called Coco. Like, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised that this movie was more than I could have hoped for. And like I said, Pixar, it's very rare that Pixar disappoints for me. Like, even... Even at its worst, it's still better than a lot of animated movies. Because Cars, even even though it's bad, like for me, it's still really good. And it's still, you know, better than a lot of animated movies that you, that are out there. Cars 1. So, I just, I, I was, ugh, I don't even know how to start to explain this movie. Because, one, it's like, it's about a grandmother. And... I think I've mentioned everything about my grandmother before, and not that on is uh, not on the podcast, really. No, I don't think so. Well, I was really close to my grandmother. My grandmother passed away out of can- uh, because of cancer uh, when I was thirteen, fourteen, around there. I think I was turning fourteen, and we were really close and everything. So this movie, like I talk about my grandmother all the time, and you know, I have her picture up and all that stuff. So this movie is basically about the. Mexican tradition of Dia de los Muertos, where you know you put up pictures and you put you know ofrendas of um, on your family's photos, so that well, that one day you know you spend it with your um, your deceased family members. So for me, like and my sister kind of brought it up to me uh, the other day. She's like, you know, I forgot that you know it, it kind of opens your eyes. Like like we actually do this tradition. We're not Mexican, but you know we do this particular tradition in terms of we always have photos of our family members and we always light a candle for them and whatever and it's like oh my god like i'm so happy that i talk about my grandmother all the time and that i have her photo up and then i do this it's like that's what keeps her here so this movie just it's a lot of different things that if you're american and you've never like if you've never been part of this sort of culture my kind of it might not be as powerful to you than as to somebody like myself or any Hispanic person that, you know, does these sort of traditions. This movie, like, really hit home. And it they were so pure to represent, you know, a community that not necessarily is ever represented accurately. So Pixar did a phenomenal job with this movie. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked it too. Um it's it's kind of like a surprise musical. It, it's not really a musical, but it, it has, has it has a lot of music in, in it. Yeah, um, and it's great. It, and actually, is the only time ever that I've ever sat watching a movie and thought this movie would be better if it was in Spanish. Yeah, and whoa, I mean, I'm not saying that it was bad because it was great, but I know that I would have enjoyed it a little bit better if it was in Spanish because all the characters are Mexican. All the songs that they were singing, all mariachi songs and ranchero songs, are supposed to be in Spanish. So it's kind of jarring when you know that they're supposed to be in Spanish. Or they're supposed to sound like 
not to not to say that they didn't sound right because they were like spot on on these on the music on oh, yeah, the yeah. feel of everything they were spot on like there was there's stuff that not a lot of people understand like when the the chido that they do like before a song starts like that is something that like when you hear somebody do that you know some shit is going down in a musical element mm-hmm. way you know so it's it even that like that simple little thing it was so important. Like, I, I loved it. I, I oh, It gives me chills. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go into the story, but... Um, you really, can. No, I mean, we don't have to. If you want to, we can. But the only element that I wanted to talk about was uh, Miguel, the main character, his uh-huh. relationship with his great-grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, Mama Coco, mm-hmm. which is why the movie's called Coco, um, which I was a mystery to me until we started watching the movie. I was yeah. like, why is this movie called Coco? Has no- Coconut has nothing to do with Mexican culture or Land of the Dead. And then as we were watching the movie, I was like, oh, wait. Coco could be like a nickname for... Oh, it is. It's a nickname for the grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so... It was so good. Um, there was... At least me, like, Coco, like, whenever... Like, in my family... Like, the only people we call Coco is people that are named Concepcion. Well, that could have been her name. So I think it I, was. I think that was her name, too, but I, I can't remember. But it's just... Oh, God. And then, like, talking about Mama Coco, because Mama Coco is, like, the most... The best part in terms of the animation that you see in yeah, this movie. Yeah, the old like, person's skin. shit. Like, like, the wrinkly skin they have in the movie. Her skin, it looks so real... Like, it looks, I, I don't know. Like, it's just amazing. Like, every little wrinkle, every little, like, even the hairs on the wrinkles, like, all, all of it was so beautiful. And that's something that you'd only get with Pixar. Like, the visuals in this movie were phenomenal. Like, it was just colorful and, like, so massive. I Oh, my God, I loved it. And it, it's just, ugh, I can't even put into words the way that I feel about this movie because I was really surprised like I it was hard to even watch the movie because from like the first five minutes of the movie you already want to start crying like especially if you're someone like again if, especially if this is your culture and this is where you come from like seeing it on the big screen is a big deal already so it's like the first five minutes you just want to start crying because they're doing such a good job of portraying something like the whole thing with, like, the grandmother, like, throwing a chancleta at somebody mm-hmm. and, like, the grandmother asking him, oh, do you want more food? And he says no. He's like, what? I, I didn't hear that correctly. He's like, yes, I want more food. And she, like, puts, like, five tamales on his on his plate. Like, all those little things were so important. And it, it's just, it was really hard because, like, you, you don't want to... Like, let yourself cry because you're just going to blubber throughout the whole movie. Yeah, you're not going to be able to hear the movie because <laughs> yeah, you're going to be crying so hard. Yeah, you're just going to be crying and watching the movie through watery eyes. Um, and then disrupting other people. Yeah. yeah, because you're crying like a freaking baby. Um, it's like, there's just the elements of this movie were just so great. And just the, the animation itself, like the movie outside of story and everything... It's Pixar, so I, I don't expect anything less than perfection when it comes to Pixar. And this movie was nothing less than perfection. Like even, um, even like the 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 ofrendas that they have, like on the the stuff, like the food and whatever. Even that looked like so delicious. I just wanted to like grab a piece mm-hmm. off the screen. It was so good. 
the flowers that the bridge is probably one of my favorite things in this movie that was animated the flower bridge mm-hmm. i thought that was the most amazing thing ever i thought it was so beautiful and so great but this movie it's it's really heartfelt because you you kind of know where they go with the movie like at maybe like midway through the movie you're kind of understanding oh what the situation is and what the reality of what's happening is but like once it hits you you're like oh my god like you you immediately feel this emotion towards um Miguel and his family and like everything that they went through you kind of feel it so much more but that movie just just reminded me I always to always talk about my family even though they've passed like always to keep their memories alive you know a lot of people are like oh you know you're so what what's like the word like morbid is maybe the word I don't, I don't know if it's morbid but um a lot of people always like they, they, some people have like negative things to say when you talk about family members that have passed and stuff like that it's like well you know I, it's not like I'm you know I want I obviously I want them here but you know I just like to celebrate their memories and stuff like that so and this movie kind of shows you it's like it's a good thing you know you we don't know what's on the other side whether there's another side or not but if there is at least you know you're keeping these people alive for a little longer so um yeah I hope there's a, another side like that. It must be cool. Coco was great. I think it's third week, still number one at the box office. Really? Yeah. And it was an, it was the most the highest. Well, it is movie it is the Mexico? most it is the most successful movie ever in Mexico. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, it's so good. It's like Mexico has given it its seal of approval. Yeah, it's yeah. like if the Mexican people are telling you. This movie is legit. It's legit. Yeah. So it's it's amazing. I would definitely suggest it to anybody, and even like to families that don't know how to explain like death to their to their kids. I think this might be a little bit easier, whether you believe in this or not. It might like give some sort of, um, not hope, but it kind of gives a little bit of closure to your own children and stuff if you've gone through you know, a family member passing, you know, you know, they're not, you can always, you know, so that they feel better until they figure out what they believe in and whatever, you know, you give them that sense of hope and that sense of, um, um, not imagination, but I guess hope is a word is you get that hope that, you know, someday you'll see them again and whatever. It's like Santa Claus. Like you tell your kids to believe in Santa Claus for so many years until they figure out that Santa Claus doesn't exist and Santa Claus is you, <laughs> the parent. So, um, yeah. So Coco, amazing movie. Go watch it. Um, you can probably already have though. Uh, and finally, we're going to talk about. Uh, we already talked about um, our review of the Disaster Artist. We're just going to plop it in uh, right after I'm done talking. Um, we saw the Disaster Artist and we recorded our review in the car, as I stated. So we're just gonna plop that in. You can hear the road in the background. You can hear a lot of like the cars and the road, and I'm driving, and I'm talking about how I'm driving, and maybe I sound distracted. I haven't really listened to it. I just know that we recorded it. Um, So I'm gonna plop that in right here. So the disaster artist. We're uh, recording this in our car, which I'm pretty sure we've already just explained. Um, Directed by James Franco. Starring James Franco, I think produced by James Franco. Uh, 
based, starring his brother. Yeah, also starring uh, Dave Franco and every one of their friends. Uh, every single one of their all of friends. their friends. Um, in a movie based on the book The Disaster Artist, which is about Tommy Wiseau, book? the Disaster Artist. Yeah, the Greg Sestero. Uh, wrote a book about like making this movie yeah he's like this was such a great because oh the movie, i did not know that yeah the, the movie was such a like crazy experience well it, i mean crazy cult hit that he's like well you know what i'm gonna write a book i bet people will want to read a book about you know how crazy it was making this movie and um and so he wrote a book about basically what we saw the movie mm-hmm. um which uh, I think recently in an interview with Jimmy Kimmel, James Franco brought out Tommy Wiseau. They were talking about the movie, and they're like, uh, when the book originally came out, Tommy was like, oh, it's only like 60% true, or 40% true, something like that. And then Tommy compared the movie, which is based on the book, he said, oh yeah, it's 99.9%. Correct. Okay. So, you know, believe what you want. I think Tommy just... Whatever is best for him and his how he's perceived is how he'll is what he'll accept. But um, I thought the movie was really good, uh, especially James Franco. I think James Franco is for sure going to get a nomination. I think he deserves a nomination for what? For the for, for this. acting shy. For acting shy. They, there's no reason to give this to give James Franco not that not saying that he didn't do a good job but okay, a so nomination the, what I'm for saying. an Oscar if he did not do a good job he did a great job he was doing an impression of a real person okay this movie was like a waste of time for me why it was just a complete waste of time it was two hours of my life taken away it wasn't even two hours what so number one <laughs> well we were sitting in the theater for two hours so it was a waste of my time I have I feel like this, there should be no reason why this man should be in any way shape or form like because Tommy Wiseau is already crazy as it is it's like you're making him more famous than he needs to be okay but I want to understand where you're coming from because it's just one he made a really bad movie correct okay and two people are like I don't know it's just it's so bad that people are making it out to be a good movie and that's what's annoying it's i like, don't know if people are making it out to be a good movie i think it's it's known even to anybody who watches it and appreciates it they know they're watching a bad movie it's known that it's a bad movie it's not just like no one is thinking it's a good movie i know but then you're you're giving credit to somebody that's just psychotic basically no it, it's it's like what are you doing then? What can you explain to me? What people are doing then? Because okay, to this man's you know eyes, he is like the coolest person in the fucking world. To himself, maybe that's how he sees himself. But that's not. I don't think that's the point of the movie. I think the point of the movie is like when, when you know how like they give elephants paintbrushes, and then elephants like paint on a thing. Okay. It's like that. It's like it's not a normal painting. It's something to be appreciated in a different way. Because they scribbled a bunch of stuff on a piece of paper. Well, it's not just like, oh, isn't it impressive how this person of limited ability uh, was able to... And I'm not saying that he has limited ability, although um, talented, or artistically, I think he does. Um, although that's up to 
subject to interpretation. Um, but what I mean is this different perspective that we don't have, how they create. It's just a different point of view. It's a different way to see. It's not like someone who makes a bad movie and they tried, like, the same thing that everyone else was trying. Tommy Wiseau, which I think was what this movie was saying, was trying to make his own thing for the reason of he just wanted to be famous. Waste of my time. <laughs> That's it. It's, it was, but why? Why was I it can... a waste of your time? Because there was nothing for me to grasp onto. Like, I didn't enjoy it in any way, shape, or form. Like, there's nothing else for me to say. It's like, I didn't enjoy it. It's like, I'm not saying that the movie was bad. Like, I'm not saying that this, in, like, interpreting what happened to what happened during this create the creation of this movie that's not like this movie is not bad it's what this movie is about that is bad like i don't i i think that it's so stupid to like because i feel like that's what everybody's doing they're just giving credit to something that is in, un, incredible like in, it's so incredible like it's so <laughs> like there's no way of no it is it is incredible how bad the movie is it's like ridiculous how bad the room the movie that they're making in the disaster artist it's incredible how bad that movie is but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the disaster artist it's like saying oh i don't like schindler's list because the holocaust was stupid or the holocaust was bad schindler's this is not the holocaust it's about the holocaust but it's not the holocaust so this is not the room it's about the room I, I still I didn't I didn't care for it okay well what didn't you like about it I just didn't like it I don't like to I don't like you making a movie about the room I don't that's it well okay I think it was uh, the like the only thing I probably didn't like is some of the cinematography like camera work it was a lot of handheld stuff which I was not totally into in a lot of a lot of parts of the movie. Uh, James Franco's not really um, like a good director. Like he's not a bad director, but he's not like uh, remarkable. He's just you know he just makes the movie. But what the movie is remarkable, what is remarkable about this movie, is James Franco himself as an actor, and probably the translation of the script of the book into the script um, was probably pretty good or, or I believe it's pretty good it's, I mean they had so many things from real life from the book, from the movie in the, this movie um, James Franco again I'm going to keep saying it was so good, he did a really good job especially when you see like side to side the comparisons at the end of the movie there's comparisons of um, of the real movie, The Room, and James Franco's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not remake, but I guess he, he remade, uh, a bunch of scenes. It was like five minutes or so remade of The Room of like different scenes here and there. And that was good. Like all the actors were doing a good impression of the actors in The Room. I, I really liked it. I think it's like, 
I wouldn't. Uh, I'm not saying the movie deserves to win Best Picture, and I don't think it will. But I think, based on the strength of popularity of the cult of the room and everybody who hate watches it, um, and James Franco's performance, I could see it possibly getting a Best Picture nomination. But I would, I would but die. even if not, I think for sure James Franco's going to be nominated. I think he'll for sure be nominated. Like the 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 nominations coming out for everything that's been coming out, there's three front runners that are taking away everything. They're like, oh, this person's gonna get nominated, this person's gonna and there's usually like either one standout and then four like whatevers that's like, oh yeah, they'll probably you know, make an upset, but it's likely gonna be Leonardo DiCaprio for the Revenant or it's most likely going to be Colin Firth for the King's Speech. This year, it's it's three that are really like neck and neck, and then nobody knows what to put for the other two. It's either going to be uh, James Franco for the Disaster Artist, Timothy Chalamet for um, Calling by Your Name, or Gary Oldman for uh, Darkest Hour. We haven't seen Calling by Your Name or Darkest Hour, so we can't speak on that. But we have seen Disaster Artist, and I saying. That they are accurate in nominating James Franco for all these awards he's been not being nominated for, and I think he will be nominated for You're Best insane. Actor. Well, what was bad about his performance? Don't just say he was acting shy, because he wasn't acting shy. There's not one moment. There's not just, one thing about Tommy Wiseau that's shy. Like, So that doesn't reserve recognition. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that it's. I don't think that it's good enough that you're going to give him a freaking Oscar nomination. What else have you seen that's better? Many other things, but this is not like he was good or whatever. But for an Oscar, come on. Yes, name two things that are that were that are better lead actor performances this year. I don't know, but. No, I don't think that James Franco, like... Yes, I give him props for taking on this character, but I feel like anybody can play... That's where I'm coming from. I feel like anybody can do this impression of this fucking guy. So you're you're giving him credit for doing something that's so simple to do, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know about that. I feel like anybody could have put themselves in this position and done this this. I don't know about that. I don't think that the character... Just this human being, not a character, because he's not a character, and this guy, like well, playing this guy. Tom was those a character? So but, it's like, like I, uh, okay, what I mean is, or Tommy, like, I don't think so. I don't think that just by having Tommy Wiseau as a character is gonna automatically get you a nomination or be recognized for being a good performance. Because 
I don't think that every actor that. can give a good performance okay, but for this character. This, this person, like, is it's it's too like this person is simple to embody, is what I'm saying. It's like I'm not saying that James Franco didn't embody the person correctly and he didn't do a good job. It's just that I feel like anybody that would have done this could have done it as, as well as James Franco. Okay. So it's like it's too simple of a character to I don't to think say, it oh, is. this is such I a great, like, a fantastic acting. I don't think it is a simple character. I think he is very because he's very mysterious. I think he's also very layered, and since we don't know really anything about him. It's up to the actor to, like, portray mystery and still be interested. Like, he's not giving you anything, but you still want to see what the fuck he's doing. And no, I don't think I, I don't I, think you get that with just any actor. I don't see that. I don't see that in any way, shape, or form. Like, okay, if you get like the the five best actors right now, and you give them this role, I'm sure they could do something good with it. Like you get Jake Gyllenhaal or Johnny Depp or whatever, put them in the in the Tommy Wiseau getup. I'm sure they could do something that would be good, but they didn't. The person who did it was James Franco, and he did a good job. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't see I I don't see a justification for. It's like uh, saying, oh, you know what? I bet if uh, fucking Army Hammer got himself in a raped by a bear in The Revenant and got torn up by a bear and hit in a horse, he would have won an Oscar too. Not necessarily. The performance had to have been good. But you're talking about two different things. No, but you're saying any actor could have played this part and it would have been yes. good. Yes. I don't think so. I th- I think it, they could have. I think that any any actor it could, have, it could have played this guy. I don't think so. And, and even if they did... That's not to say that it would have been good or as good. And this is what we have. I don't know. I just... It wasn't This is it the wasn't performance that me. we have. This is the performance that we got. Was it good? You can't be like, you know what? This pizza would have been good if it was instead made by Papa John's. Well, you don't have a Papa John's, so you can't say... You know, I don't like it because it's not Papa John's. Well, I can't say that. <laughs> I, can, I can definitely say that. But you can appreciate something for what it is. Yeah, but it's you can't not, be like, that's what I don't I'm like saying. This I'm not telling like, you it's you can't, not. You can't be eating a pizza okay, and be like, I'm you know what? It was you... good, but it's not Papa John's. Okay, but I'm not saying that this movie, look, I'm not saying that James Franco did not do a good job. He did. I just don't think he deserves to win an Oscar for not, this performance. I'm not saying he should win an Oscar. I'm saying he get nominated. He shouldn't. I don't think that he should. You know what? He should win an Oscar. Give him the Oscar and then have Tommy Wiseau accept it. And then you're going to escalate the stupidity of this man. No, I don't think so. Yes, you're going to make this so. man, If this man in any way, shape, or form gets an Oscar by any means necessary, like because he's this movie was made about him and what he did, that's it. He is going to be like the fucking craziest person on What's Earth. he going to do? I'm just saying, like, what's you're, gonna, what, you're what over... What difference does it make? It's just, just like, you're over... I, I just feel like you're... You're giving credit to such stupidity. Like, it's so Oh, I'm not giving credit to Tom Wiseau. I'm giving credit to James Franco. I know that, but at the same time, you are crediting this guy for what I'm he not. made. I'm not. I'm giving credit to James Franco. Okay. I'm talking about just James Franco. Okay. Okay, what? You... Th- 
I've, I already said what I needed to say. There's nothing else I could say. Yeah, so the disaster already was, was good. It was like a four out of five star movie, maybe. Um, but James Franco was 100% standout. I can't even... But tell me, tell me what you don't like about the movie. About the movie. Not about, oh, because it's about The Room, which is a stupid movie. What do you, what do you like? I just don't like the movie. I don't like it. It's not a movie for me. I've never liked these movies about stupid shit. I don't. What movies? What other movies? I just, I don't like, don't like this movie. I think you're just hating on it because you want to hate on it. What? Oh my goodness. Okay. I think you're being too cool for school. Okay. I'm being too cool for school. I just don't like the movie. I don't like it. I, I'm not allowed to not like a movie. You are, but you don't have any reasons why you don't like it. I don't. I don't have to have a reason. I just don't like it. Why do I have to have a reason to not like something? I just don't like it. You have reasons Period. to like things, and you have you should have reasons to not like no, things. No, I just don't like it. I okay. don't like it. Period. Alright. It's, it's not a movie for me. That's it. Okay, then. Well... I disagree. Um, and As we I'll, have heard that you disagree. Yeah. Um, going down the rest of the cast, uh, Dave Franco did okay. I don't. I mean, I don't really like Dave Franco. Yeah, I don't like Dave Franco either. He's kind of like stale bread to me. I feel like he does the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Every I, time I don't think he has another movie. mode. He has the same mode. Um... Seth Rogen's barely in it. Like he's in it, but he's he's. Well, just... like everybody else that's in it is kind of just like there for five minutes and. Yeah, although the only the only performance that I think was like, oh, this is something I haven't seen from this person before. It's Paul Shear. Yeah, that's so true. I thought the same thing. I was he, like, oh my god, Paul Shear like, got so angry and like. like... He, he had like a like regular oh, it's a Paul Shear like oh I don't know whatever their performance, and then at one point he just like bursts and he's like, don't you fucking you fucking touch her? I'm gonna beat the shit out of you like. It it's, was so serious, yeah. and it was, I really enjoyed it. Like, that I did enjoy. Yeah, it was, he, was, he was really good. I'm not saying he should get a Best Supporting Actor nomination. I'm just saying he was good. Um, Alison Brie was in it. I feel like everybody else was just yeah, every, in everybody it. Everybody else like, was just in James it. It's James Franco and his brother. That's yeah, it. Yeah, everybody like, else is just in it. Like, they're, they're just there. Like, they have a part. Like, they don't even make a big deal that Josh Hutcherson is playing Denny. No, when... When the fucking guy, what's his name? Uh, Zac Efron? Oh my god, I didn't even know it was Zac Efron. <laughs> they don't even make a big deal of it being Zac Efron. It's just Zac Efron's playing Chris R. No, the is. funny thing is, like, until he's, like, up in this guy's face, like, I do not realize that he's, it was Zac Efron. And I was like, oh my god, Zac Efron, holy crap. <laughs> I thought it was too funny. Yeah. Um, the, who else was in the movie? Oh, fucking Jackie Weaver, Oscar nominee Jackie Weaver. Is in this movie. She plays uh, fucking the, the the mom. She plays uh-huh. the mom in the movie. Yeah. Jackie Weaver. Why? I didn't even know why she was in this, but she's like an Oscar-nominated actress. Oh, we're gonna have a tight fit. So yeah, we're driving. We're just we just arrived at our destination. Um, so I think we're we're about to wrap up our review, but um, it's gonna be a tight fit into this parking spot but fucking yeah man disaster artist great go watch it if you like the room go watch it in, if you, like, yeah 
it, it's definitely like like if you um, really want to experience if you, like, if you like and enjoy making fun or watching the room you'll definitely enjoy disaster artists like, and even if you don't i think you'll still movie, find a way to enjoy like, it this movie is for the type of people that watch the room and were like how the fuck how was it being in this production and yeah. you get that like i can give it that like you understand what it was to be part of this production because it's like what the fuck is going on yeah but other than that it's just not a movie for me i i it wasn't for me okay well there you gave more of an explanation oh god jesus <laughs> all you were doing was yelling at me so well because you weren't really saying anything <laughs> all right so um that's it for our disaster artist review we're going to back to our regular show right am i right that was such a good review yeah, so Jeremy and i fought a lot in the car while doing that yeah um as but you heard but that's it for reviews let's move on to the news So first off, we're just going to talk about quick director news. Uh, there was a director chosen for Creed 2, uh, Stephen Capel Jr. I don't know who that is. Apparently he directed a skateboarding drama called The Land in 2016. He's going to direct Creed 2. He has Sylvester Stallone's seal of approval. So good for you. Um, we're just going to do like quick little news things. For example, you know Detective Pikachu? Detective Pikachu? Yeah, so they've been trying to make a movie called Detective Pikachu forever. I don't know what the fuck Detective Pikachu is, but it's like, it says here, A peculiar sort from the Pikachu set, a a self-styled investigator who is good at finding things. It's a Pikachu who's a detective. But does Pikachu speak? This Pikachu talks. Or just Pikachu, just say Pikachu. This Pikachu talks. And this Pikachu is going to be voiced. Or I don't know if he's going to be voiced. Oh, yes, he will. This Pikachu is going to be voiced by Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, will be voicing Detective Pikachu. Oh, my God. This is going to be so silly. Yeah. If Ryan Reynolds is going to be the voice for Pikachu, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Jude Law, uh, upcoming Crimes of Grindelwald, um, he was the only cinematic, uh, member of a Sherlock Holmes to be missing. Benedict Cumberbatch is in the Marvel Universe, uh, uh, Martin Freeman's in the Marvel Universe, um, Sherlock Holmes, fucking Robert Downey Jr., and now his, Robert Downey Jr.'s Dr. Watson is also going to be in the Marvel Universe. He's going to be in Captain Marvel um, with Brie Larson. He's going to, I think he's going to play the love interest in Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, I think. Or a villain or something. Yeah, Dr. Walter. Uh, oh, he's going to be a mentor to her. But whatever, he's going to be in it. So all the Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watsons are in it. Except for Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller. Um... Moving on to other news, Rob Marshall, 
uh, the director of Chicago and Into the Woods. Uh, he's apparently the... Oh, and the upcoming Mary Poppins Returns. Ooh. He's I the... I he was directing that. Yeah. He's the uh, top choice to direct the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Ooh. Which... That sounds like a that sounds like a good person to do that. Okay, here's the thing. Yes, but another movie he directed that has mermaids in it is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Okay. So like he did mermaids already. So? So like maybe he doesn't have like a good idea on mermaids. Okay, but that does that has to be No, I know. I'm just, I'm just I'm just I'm just connecting he's dots. He's creating a I'm movie. Just co- I'm just connecting dots. I'm just being funny. Yeah, because he's creating a movie that already has a story. It doesn't have to do, like do much. Yeah. So. Um okay, so you know there's a Bohemian Rhapsody movie being made, uh Queen movie. Oh, Queen movie. Yeah, yeah. Queen movie is called Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, Brian Singer, the director of the first two X-Men movies and the most recent two X-Men movies Mm -hmm. and Valkyrie in between usual suspects. Um, there was about two weeks left, uh, in shooting and he left. What? So Um, they were already shooting that movie? That movie is almost done shooting. There was two weeks left and he left. He said there, there's like family sickness or whatever. Um, turns out he was actually fired. Because of he's being accused of raping a seventeen-year-old boy. Okay. Um, they have hired Dexter Fletcher to replace him, so he's gonna, I guess, come on, film the last two weeks, and maybe reshoot stuff so that it's more Dexter Fletcher's movie. Uh, Dexter Fletcher directed Eddie the Eagle, that movie with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, I haven't seen it, but. Cool. I haven't seen it either. I wanted to watch it. I remember that much. Um, okay. I think this is the last two pieces of news before we move on to trailers. Um, Quentin Tarantino, his ninth movie right now being titled... It's not titled, but right now just for sake of calling it something, there people are just calling it number nine. Um, it's going to come out uh, August 2019. Okay. But the reason why I bring up Tarantino is that he recently had a meeting. I don't know if we talked about this. He recently had a meeting with J.J. Abrams. No, I don't think so. Tarantino wants to make a Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah, we did talk about this, that he wants to make a Star Trek. Didn't they tell him that he could make a Star Trek movie? They didn't. No, no. They said yes. They're working on a Star Trek movie. Uh, Tarantino's Star Trek movie is going to be rated R. That like the stu- like that's the one thing he's like oh, apparently he went to the studio he's like look I'm not gonna do it unless I can make it rated R and they're like you know what Logan made money Deadpool made money you can do your rated R Star Trek. So he got he's working on he like got like a bunch I know, of writers. Like, I feel like a lot of people like a lot of studios are so afraid of rated R movies because they make less money because only adults can see it and kids can't go see it. Yeah. Animated movies make a ton of money, even if they're shitty, but because kids saying, go see like, them. Okay, but but adults are—I don't know. Like, I feel like why would you target kids? Like, they're yeah, easier you, targets. I don't know. Like, I have a weird like way of thinking that it's like I'm sorry, I'm paying for my kids. It's like I can just say no to my children and be like. Yeah, but it's a bigger risk to make an R-rated movie for adults 
than it is to make a G-rated movie for kids because the G-rated movie is likely going to make money because par- like kids will want to watch it and if kids don't want to watch it, parents who don't know what their kids want to watch will take them to watch some shitty animated movie versus parents having to find a babysitter or find someone to take care of their kids so that they can go out and watch Logan. I Even guess. so, well, studios are realizing... Well, rated R movies, you can take your kids. Just... Yeah, you can, but it's not like... People, if that's it's for adults, other adults are going to be annoyed. But uh, studios are realizing, oh, adults, you know, want to have good movies. Yeah, because that's you know, the thing. It's like they're starting to realize, oh, the thing is that they want them to be good. Let's, you know, let's get talent. Know, obviously, they want us. To, like, we're not going to. Like, that's the thing. Is like you have to target an, an audience of adults. It's like you need to be able to take the money out of their pocket. Like, you need to give them something worthwhile. Like, yeah. Children, and, there's there, there's no worth there. It's like whatever fucking comes out, they're just gonna. Yeah, send and Paramount apparently thinks that Tarantino and Star Trek is worthwhile um, because they're, they're they told him. Yeah, also Tarantino has a huge following of of his own fans Correct. just for his movies. So it's um, like, they have three uh, screenwriters uh, taking. Like Tarantino made a pitch, but he, I guess he doesn't have time to write it, so he's giving three writers the opportunity to write it and then he's going to pick the one that he likes and he's going to direct it which is rare because tarantino does not direct something that he doesn't write well i think he's working on his own movie so yeah, oh, yeah i'm he's saying working on his own movie, yeah so. he is we just talked about it um the only movie that he, he does not have sole writing credit on is pulp fiction he shared writing credit with roger avery on that one and everything else he wrote by himself um even his like TV shows that I think he wrote the two episodes of CSI that he directed, um, and he's gonna direct someone else's Star Trek scripts based on his idea. But you know, I guess he he doesn't know how to get his dialogue right. Like he'll be he'll be too like motherfucker and yeah, like Star Trek requires like certain dialogue talking in circles. And he's like, you know what? I know what I want it to be, but I don't know how to get yeah, it because, down. Yeah, you know he's still. To make a movie that is Star Trek ish, which is weird because I was just thinking the other day. It's like Tarantino, like what's two um, uh, genres of film that he'll probably never make because he's he said he's going to make ten movies and that's it unless he feels the idea for another one. Two genres he'll probably never make is sci-fi and musicals. And here we go. He's making a fucking sci-fi movie. Maybe he'll make a musical. Like, the sci-fi movie... Like, that's the thing. Like, Tarantino, I can see him making something like Book of Mormon. I can see him making something like that. Why? In that realm of... The, the vulgarity of it is what is more like my... Sure. My sense of it. Like, I could see him making something like that or something like Sweeney Todd. Um, but, like, I can never... S- I could see why he wants to just direct the movie and not, like, write it because Tarantino has this has this particular way of talking, and because Star Trek has its own language, like has its own like lingo, it's like him doing a doctor movie. I, I guess you, like something like with doctors or something like scientific. Like you have to have specific wording and stuff like that and make it sound accurate where like all of his movies that have nothing to do like with their their period pieces but they have nothing to do with like something in specific mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's all his own creation so i i don't know tarantino it'll be interesting to see him 
make a Star Trek movie and an R-rated Star Trek movie. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to whenever that happens. Um, that's it for news. Let's talk about trailers. And after trailers, we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. So let's try to move through the trailers as quickly as possible. The first trailer, Smallfoot. That's whatever. That's the animated yeah, Yeti I know. movie. I know. Um, it looks better than it has any right to be. Um, I think Channing Tatum works as a animated character. As a Yeti. No, I just, I don't, his voice doesn't capture me for an animated character. Yeah, so uh, like I'm saying, it looks better than it has any right to, but it still doesn't look that great. Um, trailer for Mary Magdalene. I really like that. Yeah, that trailer, that movie's supposed to come out this year. I just think that Jesus looks scary because he's played by... Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Like, so he might kill you. <laughs> like, it's... But he'll be, he could bring it back, though. He's like an evil Jesus. That's um, what he looks like, an evil Jesus. But yeah. But we'll see how that goes, because I, I really like that. I mean, seeing Joaquin wearing sandals reminds me immediately of uh, Gladiator, but... Um, exactly, that's, that's the problem that I have with Joaquin Phoenix, that... After that movie, I can never see Joaquin Phoenix as a good person in any way, shape, or form. So I always hate him in anything he's in. And that has nothing to do with, like, his acting or anything. It just has to do with he plays such a horrible character. Like, such an evil character in Gladiator that I just don't like him now. <laughs> you know what? I gotta rewatch Inherent Vice. He's really good in that. But yeah, uh, Mary Magdalene. Um, Rooney Mara plays Mary Magdalene. The movie looks good. The director of Lion. Um, and it was supposed to come out this year, but it got pushed to March next year. So let's see. Hopefully, that means that it's it just needed time to get better instead of, you know, it's just not good. Um, trailer for uh, Jurassic World: in Fallen Kingdom. It was entertaining. It's okay. It wasn't like mind it's, blowing. It's or a anything. little more exciting to me than the first Jurassic World because yeah. I like the director a lot. J.A. Bayona, the director of The Impossible and The Orphanage. Um, the funny thing is is that this movie is going to be interesting in the sense that it's it's kind of a disaster movie, mm-hmm. but Jurassic Park. So, because the whole point is that the island is going to blow up because it's on a volcano or something like that. Yeah. So, and the, the way that, like, it's shot, it looks like it's, it's like when... The Big Bang, like that's kind of what they're making it look like, like it's the Big Bang and it's the dinosaurs. So it could be like Mother again. Earth is deciding you shouldn't be fucking around with dinosaurs and then starts destroying the island itself. Yeah, so it's I I have a, it. It'll be interesting to watch. Like I really like this chick that's in it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else but this movie because what, I think Bryce I always Howard? Just, the the lady. Yeah, from yeah. Jurassic World. She's mm-hmm. in, like, in The Village. I've never seen that. She's in uh, the episode of Black Mirror. That one episode. <laughs> she's in lots of stuff. I can't think of anything right now. Oh, she's in Spider-Man 3. She's she's Mary Jane, isn't he? Not, no, not Mary Jane. She's the other one. She's, she's, the other one. she's Gwen the, Stacy? She's Gwen Stacy. But, like, not really. She's in... Let's see. I'll tell you right now. Everything else she's in. She's, but I really she's like in her. The Help. She's really good in The Help. I've never seen that movie. Oh, God. You're missing um, she's in Twilight. <laughs> you saw that. She's in Fifty Fifty. Fifty Fifty is a good movie. Fifty Fifty. Fifty Fifty, the one with um Joseph Gordon-Levitt I've and Seth Rogen. You. <sighs> <laughs> I 
I never saw the movie. She's the, she's the I, lady in the water from the Lady in the Water. I've never seen Lady in the Water. God damn you! She's in A Beautiful Mind, I guess, according to IMDb. Mind. Well, her dad directed the movie, so she was in it. She's probably like a child. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it looks it looks fine. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, the trailer for the animated Spider-Man into the uh, Spider-Verse. It looks really cool. I really enjoyed it. Like, I like how the, what, the sort of animation that they have on this movie. It's it's really, like, it's weird because it's kind of like half, like, anime, but, like, regular anime. Like, it's anime and, like, regular animation yeah. all, like, mixed together. It's, it's kind great. Of weird. If they're going for a Spider-Verse thing, it's great because... It's as if they could not decide which animation style to use. Yeah. And so they used all of them, all which of is them. great because the Spider-Verse is all the different spider people from all the different spider universes, mm-hmm. you know, are they're clashing together. And if that's what it is, then this is fucking great. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I'll, it's, it'll be fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's totally not what I expected. I expected more cartoony Spider-Man. Um, but this this is really cool. I expected, like, Hotel Transylvania, but Spider-Man. Like, a little cartoony and stretchy, but with Spider-Man. Um, but this is great. Uh, it's Miles Morales. It's not Peter Parker. So it's it's diversity in Spider-Man, finally. Um, okay, the trailer for Alita Battle Angel. I really liked it. Yeah, like, I thought it looked pretty freaking cool. Yeah, so I, I don't want to say much about it now because I... I still kind of haven't wrapped myself around it, but I the initial like thought, I it looks good. So uh, years and years and years ago, James Cameron was like dying to make uh, a Little Battle Angel movie, and he was deciding between whether he was going to do this or if he was going to do Avatar. Uh, he did Avatar. I feel like he could have done this like on his spare time. Well, he's now so into it. Like, he thought, well, you know what? I can make Battle Angel uh, later. And then he's just got so into Avatar that everybody's like, hey, what the fuck? You know, we want to see this movie get made. And so he's like, you know what? I'll produce it. And Robert Rodriguez is directing it. And it actually looks pretty cool. Now, uh, I've seen some complaints uh, about her looking weird. Like, her eyes are like anime eyes, weird anime eyes. And she looks a little weird. But I think that that's pretty cool because she's not a real she's person. She's not a real person. She's like a robot. So it's like, why would you try to make her real? Like, I hate people. People are so stupid. <laughs> yeah. But, um... <clears throat> excuse me. It's like, why are you going to make some... She's clearly like a robotic thing. So why are you going to make something that's going to look exactly like a human being? That's so boring. Yeah. It just looks real cool. Christoph Waltz is in awesome. it. Christoph Waltz is in it for some reason. So he hasn't gotten work. Yeah, he has. Well, like not good work recently. Like everything has just been like little. It, he's gotten work that doesn't really play to his strengths, but he's been in stuff. Um, yeah, and then finally the trailer for uh, Avengers: Infinity War was released sometime last week. Um, that was great. Fuck. So, fuck. I can't. I, I again. I don't want to talk too much about it because it's there's just too much to like take in with that trailer. There's like so much going on. 
The only thing is, I it just makes me more excited to watch um, Black Panther. Yeah. That's it. Like, which is coming out before this. Yeah, which is, like, I'm super excited to watch that movie. It's, so we'll see. It looks so fucking cool. Ah. Oh, so good. Um, okay, so that's it for trailers. Let's talk about the Golden Globes. They just announced the nominations this morning. And Jesus fucking Christ. And we're not about to talk about the TV nominations, just the movie-related ones. Um, real quick, running through Best Original Song. There's a song from Ferdinand, the one that Nick Jonas does in the trailer. Um, there's a song from Mudbound. I didn't even know that movie had a song. The Star, from the movie The Star. This Is Me, from The Greatest Showman, which I believe they wrote thinking... We're going to win the Oscar. Um, and Remember Me from Coco, which is going to win the Oscar. Sorry, Coco. Whatever music, like, I think music and cinematography and I mean, those lighting, people, those like people are going to win a second Oscar because they also did the music for Frozen. And Coco has better music than Frozen. Like, all those, what are, what are those, like, Oscars that are not, like, the main Oscars? I don't know. Tech, uh, like, like, oh, you mean actual Oscars, but they're not, like, the presented ones? So, like, yeah. the technical categories? The yeah. creative Oscars, basically? Oh, my God. Those... Sorry, but Coco is, like, winning 99% of those. Um, best Original Score. Uh, Carter Burwell for Three Billboards. Alexandre's Plot for um, Shape of Water. Johnny Greenwood for Phantom Thread. John Williams for The Post. And Hans Zimmer for Dunkirk. Um, I haven't seen... Ship of Water, uh, The Post, or Phantom Thread. I have seen Dunkirk, and the score is amazing. I don't really know that the score for Three Billboards was that outstanding. I don't remember anything about it. Um, and I've heard very a lot of good things about uh, Phantom Thread's score, and I'm excited that it is good, because Johnny Greenwood is the guy from Radiohead. Um, best Screenplay. Uh, Shape of Water, Lady Bird, The Post, Three Billboards, and Molly's Game. Go ladies. Yeah. Only one lady, two ladies in there. Three ladies. Uh, Guillermo del Toro wrote Shape of Water with Vanessa Taylor. Greta Gerwig wrote Lady Bird. And Liz Hanna wrote The Post with Joss Singer. Everything else is a man. This is a weird one. Best director. They have Guillermo del Toro for Shape of Water. Which seems expected. Martin McDonough for Three Billboards, which seems unexpected, but like still on brand. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, which is also expected. Ridley Scott for All the Money in the World. Nobody's talking about that movie except for that Kevin Spacey's not in it now. Um, and Steven Spielberg for The Post, which is like a safe bet. A lot of people are upset that Greta Gerwig did not get nominated. Yeah, like, why the fuck would Ridley Scott be nominated for for that movie? Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, speaking of All the Money in the World, uh, Best Supporting Actor, Christopher Plummer, is nominated for that. Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Richard Jenkins for Shape of Water. Army Hammer for Calling By Your Name. And Willem Dafoe for Florida Project, who's expected to win. I didn't see the Florida Project. So. Yeah, I know. Me either. We, well, we haven't seen really 
four out of these five movies. Um, but Willem Dafoe is expected to win. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Mary J. Blige in Mudbound. Hung Chao in Downsizing. Allison Janney in I, Tanya, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird. Octavia Spencer at The Shape of Water. Wow, she got nominated for Mudbound? Yeah. Wow. Um, Allison Janney, I think, is expected to win for I, Tanya. She's the favorite, I think. Uh, I'm going to skip motion picture for language because we haven't seen any of those. Animated motion picture. The Boss Baby. The Breadwinner. The Breadwinner won at the LA Critics. Um, Coco. Ferdinand and Loving Vincent. Sorry, you're not going to win. You're not going to be Coco. It might. I mean, it, it could, but I don't think so. Coco's going to. It has huge, huge appeal. Um, okay, this is where we get into the act, main actors categories, which is where it splits up into two, like comedy and drama. Okay, so uh, best actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Steve Carell in Battle of the Sexes. The biggest surprise, Ansel Elgort for Baby Driver. Baby. Uh, James Franco in The Disaster Artist, who I think is going to win. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman for The Greatest Showman, because it's the only musical. And Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, which is neither comedy nor musical. But what else are they going to nominate it as, I guess? There's no horror category. Um, but it's more of a drama than a comedy. It's a horror movie. Yeah, but like if if you're gonna put it under a category, you put it under drama. Yeah, not, not, I agree. Not musical or comedy. I agree. Like it's it. What is that fucking movie that they put under musical and comedy? The year? Martian. Was, yeah, it's basically that shit all over again. Yeah, I think it's. I think they're basing it off. Oh, Jordan Peele comes from the comedy world. Yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing too. Like, oh, that's the director is this, so that's what we're gonna do it. Uh, best. Performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Judy Dench in Victoria and Abdul. Haven't seen it. I really want to watch that movie. Uh, Helen Mirren in The Leisure Seeker. Don't even know what that is. is. Margot Robbie in I, Tanya. Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird. Saoirse Ronan. And Emma Stone in Battle of the Sexes. Uh, I think it's Saoirse Ronan's award to lose. Like, she's going to win for sure. No question. You have to see Lady Bird. So good. Um, okay, best motion picture, musical, or comedy? The Disaster Artist. We know your feelings on that one. Get Out. The Greatest Showman, the only musical. I, Tanya, and Lady Bird. I think Lady Bird's gonna win. Lady Bird's gonna win. No question. Okay. Best performance by an actor in a drama. Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name, which I want to see. Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread, Tom Hanks in The Post, Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington in Roman J. Israel Square. I feel like they're only, like, nominating What's-His-Face just because he's who he is. Who? What's-His-Face? There were five names I said. Roman, what's-His-Face? Denzel Washington? Yeah. Maybe, but who else are you going to nominate there? No, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, it's just, I feel like, it's just Denzel Washington, and it's it's the it's the perfunctory. We need someone else. Oh, Denzel's always solid. Put mm-hmm. him in there. Um, it is. I think it's a pretty good race between the other four guys. Um, but Denzel has no chance. No, Denzel does not. Denzel was is strong performance in the movie, but the movie's not strong he's enough. He's the filler. Um, 
Timothy Chalamet has been winning awards a lot lately for the, for Call Me by Your Name, so he has a, a strong chance. Daniel Lewis is the greatest actor alive with three Best Actor uh, statues. Gary Oldman is amazing. Uh, Tom Hanks is always putting out solid work, and I think he won the New York Film Critics. And Gary Oldman has never won and only nominated once before uh, for an Oscar. So he and he's I think the favorite to win, um, other than Timothy Chalamet. So I think. Uh, Gary Oldman might take it. Okay, last two categories. Best Actress in a Drama. Jessica Chastain in Molly's Game. Sally Hawkins in Shape of Water. Frances... I swear she's going to win. Sally Hawkins? Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, Frances McDormand in Three Billboards. Meryl Streep in The Post. And Michelle Williams in All the Money in the World. I feel like it's going to be between them two. It's going to be between Meryl Streep and this lady from Shape of Water because... Just watching her in the trailer is amazing. Sally Hawkins. So just imagine watching her throughout an entire movie. Sally Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but the, she looks... But Meryl Streep is just Meryl Streep. Meryl like, Streep is Meryl Streep. You, so she, she was going to get nominated anyway, but she's also, like, always... Like, she deserves it. It's yeah. like, there's, it's very rare that Meryl Streep gets nominated and it's not deserving. Like, you just think it's like, oh, whatever, it's Meryl Streep. No, it's Meryl Streep for a fucking reason. Like, the woman can play and do anything she wants and make it, like, she can act as Pooh and she would be the best fucking Pooh ever. She played the Pooh emoji. So, what? Um, no, that's a joke. Um, Francis McDormand. Like, uh, Francis, out of all these, Francis McDormand is my favorite only because it's the only one I've seen. Oh, but I think Shape of Water Lady is going to keep uh, the Sally ass. Hawkins. I think might take it if not for either Francis or Meryl Streep. Um, and finally, Best Motion Picture Drama, Drama, Call Me by Your Name, Dunkirk, The Post. Call Me by Your Name is the one with what? With, what's his face? With Army from? Hammer. From social network. Yes, he's the, the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, call me by your name. Dunkirk, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside of Misery. Um, this is very difficult. This is the most difficult category. I want The Shape of Water to win. I want The Shape of Water to win. Dunkirk. I just think that it would be cool to see this movie winning. The Shape. I want The Shape of Water to win. Dunkirk has been a favorite for months and months and months to win. Uh, and Call Me By Your Name is the, like, indie darling coming out of nowhere and everybody loves it. Because if Guillermo del Toro I just wins, want a crazy fantasy movie to win. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Like, I want an awesome fantasy drama to be the movie that wins. Yeah, I, I want I that too. I just think it would be But amazing. this is good. The movie, the, He and the movie were nominated for Best Picture and Best Director, which means... Like if, like, Lord of the Rings got nominated and won for Best it Picture. It did. I think it nominated for Best Picture. Yes, it. Well, Lord of the Rings won Best Picture. Why did it win Best Picture? Yes. It did? Yes. All three movies were nominated, and Return of the King won Best Picture. Return really? of the King. Really? Out of all of them? Return, Return of, of the, the King, King. How boring. Yeah, it was the last one. So it was like, hey, this one counts for all three. Um, Return of the King won every category. It was nominated for 11 categories, and it won 11 categories. I don't remember that. That was 2003. No, I, 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 I re. Take my statement. Yeah, Lord of the Rings did. It was it's the only fantasy movie ever to win Best Picture. Well, Guillermo del Toro needs to win because his fantasy movies are not just fantasy movies; they're like weird, creepy, and awesome all at the same time. Um. Well, yeah. 
uh, it would be great to see a fucking Guillermo del Toro movie nominated for Best Picture, which seems like it's going to happen. I am very excited for Guillermo del Toro because I've been a fan forever. Um, you have a book with all of his stuff. Yes, I do. Which we got right before uh, Crimson Peak, I think, came out. I think after Crimson Peak came out. No, it was before, for sure. I think, um, oh, the reason I say I think is because it might have been before Pacific Rim. But well, it was definitely it for, before. Well, you got it for Christmas. I got it for my birthday. Wasn't it for Christmas? It was for my birthday because I was the only person getting a gift that day. Are you sure? Yes. I know my brother gave it to you, but. Yeah, and they, they came over to the house to give it to me. So that means it was a birthday gift. It was oh. my, for my birthday. Um, well, yeah, the that's it i mean i'm there's a lot of like what the fuck nominations and snubs i mean snubs or whatever i feel like snubs are always like They're you're all. crying because you didn't get the the topping of ice cream that you wanted on your ice cream well you still got ice cream it's like i understand that like an oscar is like a big deal like it's the highest but this is golden globes this is not the oscar no i know but like you this, this is the warm-up yeah, but the like, warm-up is... like they missed a lot the thing is that the the hollywood foreign press association they have a tendency to just nominate whoever they want to invite to the awards mm-hmm. um that's like in 2010 the movie the tourist remember the movie the tourist with angelina jolie and johnny depp that movie was famously very bad and it was nominated for best motion picture comedy because uh the a they were paid off they were lit- like it literally came out that they had been paid off, and B, they wanted to party with Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. Okay. So they got nominated. So I mean, the the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is not the most like legit thing, but it is but a like, good like, way, like these predictor. Award, like these awards are, they're obviously significant to actors and whatever. But to be very honest, I feel like if. You get a following from, like, your fans and, you know, people that truly enjoy your work, enjoy, like, the movie that you're making. I think that's enough. Like, it's nice to get this recognition saying, I got a fucking Oscar. But in reality, it's like what's coming in from the bank is really what should be the justification Mm -hmm. of how well you made a movie, you know. So, at least for me, like, if I see the box office is doing fantastic on a movie i'm like oh okay this is great yeah so it's it i feel like it's more like being recognized by your peers it's like well that's what it's well the hollywood Foreign press association is not even your peers it's like film critics from other countries yeah i know but i'm saying like for the officers like you know you're you're being criticized by your own peers and you know i think it's it's a big deal to say that all these actors you know they they think that you're the best mm-hmm. out of themselves so it's 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 a nice recognition but to me in reality it's like it's when people complain about oh i didn't get this nomination or that nomination it's like you should be proud that you made a movie that people are proud of you know like i would be i would be upset if get out didn't get nominated for anything but um you know like that like get out it did what it needed to do, it got the recognition it did need from fans and from other people that would have never, you know, gone to see this movie, that did go to see this movie because of things that were being said about it. So I kind of feel like your your critiques and your reviews are kind of more important than, you know, 
an award that they give you during the dinner. Um, yeah. Now, um, well, this is also like a fun party. But that's that's it for... <laughs> With uh, awesome goodie bags that give you things that I can't afford. Yeah. They give it to you for nothing. For just showing up. Um, so that's it for us for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Boy. Uh, I'm going to try to watch some other movies uh, as well um, in between. Uh, I think I might watch uh, T2 Train Spotting, The Beguiled. We'll see what else I can squeeze in uh, that I can find. But for sure, we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, is there anything you want to say before we go? No. Cool. Uh, <laughs> um, until next week, uh, remember you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are at Oddcast Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us, uh, like us on our Facebook page, uh, also at Odd, Oddcast Podcasts. Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to follow us individually. I am at Crapbag17. Boogerface17. Uh, Darian, who is still not with us because he's still in Puerto Rico, but he might be with us within the next two weeks, I'm hearing. Um, he is at Darian Ferales. You can follow me. I, I have a Letterboxd account now. You can follow me on Letterboxd. I am Derv17, D-E-R-V-1-7. Um, so follow me there. I'll be posting reviews for everything that I watch. Um, and I'm just getting started. So I don't have a lot, but follow me there. Um, and that's it. Until Star Wars time, uh, remember, if any, you do anything, just don't half-ass it. Full-ass it. <laughs>